We are filling your bucket with blessings. Welcome to Bible study. Grab your Bibles. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 11. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. And we're dealing with the ninth blessing tonight. And I'd like to speak for a a few minutes on being an influencer for God or influencers. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that you would be with us in this Bible study. Open your word to our hearts, not just our minds. Let it make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be thinking about social media marketers. They're known as influencers and they might have a hundred million followers it's amazing and some of them i haven't heard of (laughs) but an influencer is really someone who exerts influence a person who inspires or guides the actions of others in fact the flu uh the common flu it comes from a word influenza uh which uh is italian And it's borrowed from the Latin influentia. I may have said that wrong. It means influence. They used to think that the flu or the sickness was ascribed to some kind of unfavorable astrological influences. Well, they found out it was a virus later. But influencing is what we desire to be. I was looking at the top influencers and different social media platforms. And then I looked up... uh, the influenced by Christ. There are some 2 billion Christians in the world and like 8 billion people in the world. So Jesus has a lot of followers. And uh, I want to be an influencer for Jesus. And if you do the math, if the statistics are right, if there's 2 billion Christians and 8 billion people, then every Christian needs to influence 4 people. And that will be everybody (laughs) A husband sees his framed photo in his wife's purse and asks, Honey, you always carry my photo in your purse? Why? She kind of blushes and she says, Well, when there's a problem, no matter how impossible, I look at your picture and, and the problem just seems to disappear. The husband puts his hand on his hips and said, You see? What a powerful example I am in your life, like an influencer just for you. She kind of nods her head and calmly replies, Yes, when, when I see your picture, I say to myself, What other problem can be greater than this one in front of me? Influence are trend, influencers are trending now. Well, let me tell you, Christian influencers need to be trending now. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I hope you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Well, when you become a follower of Jesus, it's not just for entertainment content or to hawk a product as modern influencers uh, uh, have their job or their occupation, but to influence. He said, you follow me and I'm going to make you a fisher of men. I'm going to use you to bring other people to me. Leadership has really been defined as influence. 
Workers renovating the Washington Monument in Washington, D.C. discovered graffiti from the 1800s. And it was quite different than the graffiti we see nowadays, which is like on the buildings and subways. But someone wrote this. Whoever is the human instrument under God in the conversion of one's soul erects a monument to his own memory more lofty and enduing than this. And visitors can still read this inscription and it's signed the letter BFB and no one knows who that is or who left those small drawings and 19th century dates on other walls. Well, you know that I'm thankful that's the kind of influence that we want, an enduring monument. If you want to be remembered by someone and by the world, lead someone to Jesus. So the first thing we want to look at, the reception. Jesus spoke and he said in verse 11 of Matthew, Blessed are ye when men shall do what? The reception of a Christian, reviled, persecuted, and say all manner of evil against you. Notice, falsely for my sake. So when people are around Christians, sometimes they can't stand them. Now notice, it says falsely. So they revile them. Like uh, Herod hated John the Baptist. He hated it. Because John the Baptist's life and John the Baptist's preaching exposed his sin. So what did Herod do? He persecuted John the Baptist. And ultimately, John the Baptist was beheaded. But notice, and this is really something that happens in modern times. Speak evil against you falsely for my sake. Isn't it interesting? The reception of Christianity. (laughs) There's the comment section. Okay, And I know that it's not really fun when someone says something mean, but boy, it is so easy to say something nasty about someone and have everybody read it around the world. And the reception, and and Jesus said, though, you're blessed. He said, preacher, we're blessed, but that doesn't sound like a blessing to me. When people do all this against, against us for Jesus' sake, it's a blessing. Well, notice why it's a blessing. He said in the next verse, we have our response to the blessing. He said, rejoice and be exceeding glad. Is that a proper response? (laughs) For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they, the prophets, which were before you. The Bible says that we need to beware when all men speak well of us. When everyone's calling us a good little boy or good little girl, we're obviously not having an influence for God in people's lives. But notice he says the response. It wasn't to repay in kind. It wasn't to say, well, he did something to me. He told me I was number one with a hand gesture. I'm going to tell him he's number one. No, that's not what we do. We respond to the Lord, not respond to the situation. I love this verse of scripture. It's one of my favorites. Do you have a favorite scripture verse? Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. 
and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Jesus said, you've got a reward in heaven. You know who delivered you. You know who uh, you're going to ultimately meet uh, at the end of this life. Brethren, that's something to shout about. We don't want to respond to the to the external stimuli, but respond to what God is doing in your life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith unto this grace, the favor of God. The favor of God's a blessing, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. That's a blessing. Uh, that, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44 is one of my favorite verses of Scripture. Here's my other favorite verse, if I have two. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good. Even if you're being reviled and persecuted and falsely spoken against for the, the sake of Christ... And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, verse 29, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. But what shall we say? What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? There's something to think about. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? There's a song that says, let my life make a difference. Let my love for Jesus shine. Let the Holy Spirit mold me. Let my life make a difference in someone else's life. Let my life make a difference in someone else's life. And, and the first verse says, they say that your life is like the Bible. It's the only Bible some may ever read. So help me, Lord, to live a life that's humble, leading souls to Calvary. I want Lord to set the right example, for I know that their eyes are watching me. Help me to stay in the narrow way. My life, a sacrifice, will be. First, we spoke to you about the reception. You're reviled. Our response is to just rejoice. Why? Because the reality of the situation is much different. You know the reality of the situation is much different than what you think is going on? You are reviled, you can rejoice. The dynamics are you're having something, an effect in people's lives. Sometimes the people that fight the most are the ones that God is dealing with the most. Give them a chance to respond to God. Jesus said, ye are the salt of the earth. A man was sprinkling salt in a park in Paris. A woman said, 
sir, what are you doing? And the man said, I'm sprinkling salt. And she said, fine, but why? And the man said, well, to keep the elephants away. The woman said, there are no elephants around here, sir. <laughs> right, said the man, it works. And he went back to sprinkling salt. <laughs> Jesus said, ye are the salt of the earth. Salt is an extremely versatile substance. It's essential to human, for human life. If you lose enough salt, it can be bad for your existence, okay? It's, it's in your blood. It's in your body. And there are over 14,000 known uses for salt. Not 1,400. 14,000 is a lot, right? According to Cargill.com, you know, beyond table salt, it sets the dye in fabric used to produce glass, polyester, plastics, leather. It assists in cleaning glass and oil wells. And it is an essential component in the manufacture of paper, tires, brass, bleach, and case-hardened steel. Well, we use salt for taste, right? Salsa. Where does that come from? The word salt. According to IRI, a Chicago-based market research firm, Tomato-based salsa beat ketchup sales two to one. People like salt. They like salsa. You know, Christians add flavor to a bland world. Have you ever tried McDonald's fries without salt? Keep them, right? But whatever salt touches, it adds flavor to. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer every man. Salt is also valuable. It was so valuable a commodity that the word salary, it means salt money, right? Sal, S-A-L, salary. Some sources say that Roman soldiers were paid you know, directly in salt, but other sources say that they were given a portion of their pay to buy salt. Whatever the case, salt was valuable. It's also a preservative. In the days before fridges and freezers, and they ate a lot of fish back in the days of Christ, salt was the main means of preserving perishable food. You know, we as Christians, we're supposed to be salt. We're supposed to be pure. We're supposed to be a preservative for moral decay and rot and to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. Salt is an invisible and powerful influence. Salt heals. Have you ever sat in a bath with Epsom salts to soak in that? Salt is a healer. Well, salt's an invisible, but it's a powerful influence. But what did Jesus say? If the salt hath lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? How are you going to be salty if you lose your saltiness? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. So sodium chloride is a very stable compound. That's what salt is. It is salty and it stays salty, right? But in Palestine, according to certain scholars, there are sources of salt from the Dead Sea area that were highly impure. They weren't like Morton's salt, which is highly refined. So when they were getting this salt, rocks and earth would get in the bag and if and if water or moisture got in there, the salt would dissolve. It's soluble, right? And the insoluble rocks would remain. 
So it wouldn't really be any good. It wouldn't be salty. But you wouldn't want to throw it in your fields, in your garden, right? Because the remaining salt in those rocks would ruin the soil. So the best place to throw it was in the street where people could trample it. It would look like salt, but wouldn't be salt. When salt is not salty, when it looks like salt but doesn't have the properties of salt, it's useless. Brethren, you're the salt of the earth. You're useful. You add flavor. You're a preservative. You're the heel of our nation. If you want to unify this nation, the nation of the United States or the world, let's be unified with Christ, that salty character to bring the world to Jesus. He also said in the next verse, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. You know what light does? It gets your attention, right? Well, the devil uses light just like God. A beer sign or a, you know, some other uh, sign that's uh, a flash of light can get your attention just like God can. But light just shines. Have you ever heard someone say, I can't hear you. Your actions are speaking louder than your words. Our actions shine. In Psalms chapter 119 and verse 105, it said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Well, the Bible shows, you know, wax candles were not known in the times the Bible was written. So lamps were used, and they were comprised of different shapes and sizes and made out of different materials. But olive oil was the fuel, and then a wax, uh, a flax, excuse me, a flax wick, that's a tongue twister, was inserted into the oil. And so the oil was the fuel, and that flax wick was inserted to burn that oil. Well, olive oil in the Bible was also symbolic of the Holy Ghost. And I, I like this chorus that I've sang and. I don't know who, where it comes from, but it said, I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire. Say, well, how do we catch on fire for Jesus Christ? Where's our light come from? It comes from the Holy Ghost. Just like when Jeremiah was persecuted, that fire was shut up in his bones. He had this fire because God was on fire by the Holy Spirit in his life. That anointing of the Holy Ghost will give us the fire, God's Holy Ghost oil will give us fuel where we won't burn out in this world. I guess this is supposed to be a Bible study, so I'll tone it down a little bit, okay? But that's where your fire comes from. It doesn't come from financial blessings. Well, thank God for them. But it comes from the light of God, from the Holy Spirit. That's what we need. Isn't it, wasn't it true? And if you look in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, I'm going to in my old-fashioned Bible. Acts chapter 2, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and if you go to the next book, the book of Acts is the fifth book in the New Testament. Uh, let's go Acts chapter 2, and when the Holy Ghost was poured out, the Bible says that in Acts chapter 2 and verse 3, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were like literal candles. They were on fire, filled with the Holy Ghost and on fire, and everyone saw the light. You know, it's a light for your family. 
Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 15, Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. If you want to be a light, you can win your family. But it's a light to the world. Jesus said in the next verse, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Britain's King George V was about to give an opening address at a special disarmament conference with the speech relayed by radio to the U.S. As the broadcast was about to begin, a cable broke in the New York radio station, and more than a million listeners were left without sound. A junior mechanic in the station, Harold Vivian, solved the problem by picking up both ends of the cable and allowing 250 volts of electricity to pass through him. I don't know if I would have done that, but he was the living link that allowed the king's message to get through. You know that, are you not the living link for the king's message to get through? God wants to use you to reach others. You can be an influencer. Father, as we speak on, or we've just finished the last Bible study on filling our buckets with blessings, Lord, let them overflow that we can win this lost and dying world to Jesus Christ, one precious soul at a time. God bless you is our prayer.